is the 615 Podcast with your host, veteran realtor and entrepreneur, Nick Woodard. Hey friends, welcome to the 615 Podcast, where we take an in-depth look and get to know some of Nashville's most determined entrepreneurs, small business owners, and leaders here in the 615 area. I'm your host, Nick Woodard, a 15-year veteran realtor in Middle Tennessee, small business owner, entrepreneur, father of three, and follower of one. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of your time with me today. My goal is to provide constant value to you, the listener, by engaging with some of our local leaders of business, providing a platform where they can pass along some of their experiences and wisdom to you. All right, guys, today I have the pleasure of chatting with one of my absolute favorite people. I could sit down and listen to his stories for hours and have done so uh, on multiple occasions, actually. (laughs) He has a long and decorated career in the sports broadcasting world. He's covered two Super Bowls, a World Series, interviewed countless iconic players and coaches. He and his wife, Miss Nancy, live right here in Franklin, Tennessee, and are some of my absolute favorite clients. I want to introduce to you my good friend, Mr. Jim Bonds. Thank you, sir. Good morning. Good morning, buddy. So, you have a long decorated career in the sports broadcasting world, correct? Can you, can you give us a little bit, uh, just kind of break it down in simple terms, and then we'll kind of get in a little more detailed? Thank you, Nick. First of all, it's a pleasure to be with you on the 615 podcast. And I, I don't know if you would call it decorated or not, but it's, it's, <laughs> it was <Of> long ago. <laughs> you know, I tell people I had basically two uh, careers, and you could break it down in broad terms, into broadcasting and and sales. And since no one's interested in what I did after broadcasting, I guess we're going to (laughs) focus on the broadcasting portion of it. But yeah, you know, I spent, uh, started out as, gosh, 15, 16-year-old doing hometown radio. And, And most in my age group, my era, most of us who wound up in TV, we all started in radio because that was the path you took. If right. you we're going to right. wind up in TV. So, yeah, in college, radio, and then out of college, spent about 10 years full-time in TV. And after that, uh, some part-time work doing freelance and contract work in, in broadcasting after that uh, while I continued in sales. And, of course, that's part of the story that we'll talk about today, I guess, is that's why we're still here in good old sure. Middle Tennessee is to, in order to remain here, kind of took a divergent path. Being a 15-year realtor, I not only love helping my clients with the transaction phase of their real estate purchase, but also want to be a continuous source of value long after the transaction is complete. If you need a recommendation for a painter, I got a guy. A handyman or roofer, I got a guy. Wanting to find someone to install new carpet or flooring, you guessed it, I got a guy. I am Nick Woodard with Benchmark Realty. I would be honored to serve you and your family. Well, say, tell, tell us a little bit about kind of the steps you took along the way. Now, me and you have yeah. talked a lot about you spent a lot of time in, in Alabama and yeah. Uh, yeah. what, Kansas City? We did, yeah. You know, I, uh, for some reason, got out of college about a half a semester, well, a semester before my uh, uh, fiance at that point, now my wife, got out of uh, college. So I took almost an internship uh, in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, near my hometown, in order to kind of hang out while she <laughs> finished her uh uh, bachelor's degree uh, six, seven months later. So while we were doing that, uh, yeah, I worked in Tupelo, Mississippi. And then not long after she 
I graduated, we had an opportunity to go to Huntsville, Alabama. And that was a where I was born. There you go. Good old the Rocket City, USA. Yeah. And home of Marshall Space Flight Center and NASA. And, and we had a wonderful time there for two and a half years. And um, just uh, covered, obviously, the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Auburn Tigers. And it was such a competitive market. You had three stations there, all with local newscasts. And right. uh, very competitive and taught me a lot. I grew a lot in those two and a half years there. I, although, obviously, it was in my early 20s. And uh, it was fun because... Uh, we learned very quickly. Uh, I'd, I'd received calls after the 6 o'clock sports. 6.33, the phone would ring. You're an Auburn fan, aren't you? And then the next call said, you are a Bama fan, aren't you? I'd say, no, no, no I'm, I'm neither. But uh, So you were fine bomb before fine bomb. Uh, yeah. But, yeah but, uh, we would try to make it very equal in our coverage mm. of the two, but um, had a lot of fun. And that we would knew how to, you know, maximize the the coverage and but because of that during football season i would make at least probably four trips each football season down to tuscaloosa to interview coach bear bryant and his offensive and defensive coordinators wow. and that would mean leaving huntsville about seven o'clock in the morning getting right. to tuscaloosa 10 10 30 i guess spending an hour there interviewing coach bryant coach oliver and uh forget the other coordinator and and then riding back to Huntsville, arriving back in Huntsville at 2.30 in time to start the day, if you will. And then we get down to Auburn a couple of times also. But it was great fun. And covering the games and all the players of the SEC at that time, it was, a, it was a very educational. Right. And, uh, and I grew a lot. That's amazing. And and as a, a lifelong Alabama fan myself, I mean, the list of people that you've interviewed and, and got to know is, is incredible. Um, but again, as an Alabama fan, I, I have to know about Bear. I mean, what, what's he like? What was his personality like? Like, could, could you, you know, the, the rumors, you could feel his presence when yeah. he walked in a room. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and Coach Bryant always treated, uh, like, and of course, I'm, I'm 22, 23 years old 24 maybe and he treated me as well as he would a veteran 50 year old newspaper guy that had been covering him for 20 oh, 30 great. years out of birmingham that's great. and i always appreciated that and uh you know he, he was and yes he would kind of go through the motions he wasn't going to give the give me <laughs> a, a groundbreaking headline <laughs> sure, story sure. at 10 30 in the morning on a tuesday before the lsu game <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he treated me with respect, and I always uh, uh, I thought highly of Coach Bryant because of that. And this was, of course, on the backside of his career. This is like, I guess, six, seven years before he passed away. But um, but he he was uh, he was a, a presence. There's no doubt about that. You knew you were when you went into Coach uh, Bryant's office. You were in the inner sanctum there of, uh, of greatness. Yeah, how that that's incredible. I mean, he's he's one of of many people you've gotten the pleasure. Mm-hmm. To where I mean, I've got a list right here: Hank Aaron, Mickey Mantle, yeah. Roger Maris, Charles Barkley, <laughs> I got Pete quick... Rose. I mean, yeah, it, it's it, incredible. It was interesting. We went over to uh, to Atlanta uh, actually when I was still in Tupelo, almost that in, I called it an internship, and this was just a couple of months. This was like the summer of '74, right after Aaron had broken Babe Ruth's record, right. And we're on the field, and you know, I am green as green can be. This is right. I'm I'm barely 22 years old, barely out of college, and I'm I'm interviewing a couple of Braves players. And it turns out it's a Sunday afternoon after a Saturday night game, and and Henry Aaron isn't playing, so he's not in the starting lineup. He's not taking batting practice. I mean, <laughs> come on, he's back in the locker room. So 
you know, there's one, one of the things about being young, it, you can be ignorant and apologize sure. for it later. So I just march <laughs> back. I, I march back to the Braves locker room. It's like um, you're supposed to be there. Yeah. And, you know, who am I? You know, I've got the camera there and, hey, coming out for the interviews. Uh, no. <laughs> well, uh, could I do an interview here? No. <laughs> well, would you sign a baseball for me? And, you know, you just don't do that. Journalists just don't do that. Right, Somehow I missed right. that day of class, I guess, at <laughs> Ole Miss from where I graduated. But he did. He signed like three baseballs for me, and I took them back and gave them to my cousins. Wow. I don't have and a you don't signed have baseball anymore. from oh. Henry Aaron. Oh, my. But anyway. It do was, your cousins still have them? <laughs> they do. Oh. <laughs> and those cousins that don't remind me of that occasionally. But um, – it was it was great, but I thought, you know, Jim, you were so <laughs> ignorant to do, do. You just don't do that. And and you know, later on, I, I do have pictures with a few athletes I covered on a regular basis in Kansas City. But there's a fine line there between being a professional journalist right. and covering these events and these players and asking for pictures and autographs. You just don't ask for autographs. Well, and how crazy is it now in today's world with like that? Social media and that's totally acceptable. Yeah, a little and, different, and back I guess. in your day, yeah, I mean, I unheard of. The other thing that happened um, that day, actually, uh, Eddie Matthews was the manager of the Braves and um, a former Hall of Famer, obviously. And um, we interviewed Eddie right before the game started. In fact, we were so late they had to usher us off the field and to play the national anthem. And we were the last interview to be done with Eddie Matthews. I did the last interview with Eddie Matthews as Braves manager. As we were driving away from the ballpark that Sunday afternoon, he was fired. So I guess I have this distinction of doing the last interview with Eddie Matthews, the (laughs) Hall of Fame player and manager of the Braves as as the manager of the Braves. But uh, And i got to tell you, Atlanta – always will hold a special place in my heart because my dad took my next door neighbor, my best friend and me to see the Braves in their first season in Atlanta at Atlanta Fulton County oh, Stadium, wow. 1966, their first season there. I'd always been a Dodger fan uh, when the Dodgers were in town and we saw like seven Hall of Famers played that weekend wow. in 1966. Yeah. It was June 1966. Did not see the Friday night game, but I can tell you almost the starting lineups for the games and uh, we saw Don Sutton in his first game as a as a Dodger rookie. We saw Don Drysdale. We saw Sandy Koufax. We saw Joe Torrey. Oh, we incredible. saw Hank Aaron. We saw all these Hall of Famers. And I left that ballpark before my 14th birthday saying, you know, I want to be around this someday. I don't yeah. know if I can ever play, but I want to be around it. And kind of made up my mind that I wanted to do something in that. So you ground. knew relatively early yeah. that that was oh, your yeah. calling. And I'll tell you, that can work against you. In sure. Case. Absolutely. I go back. My mom passed away about seven years ago. And bless her heart. She kept all of my report cards. And I go back and trace it. And uh, my grades were pretty good up until about the time I decided I wanted to do this thing called radio. <laughs> right. And boy, they started going downhill because I started hanging out at the uh-huh. radio station and hanging out with the guy who was doing the local radio high school football and basketball games. And then the grades started plummeting and, and you know, it just kind of went from there. But I at least it. I knew what I, I wanted to do. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I've, I've been in real estate 15 years and this was something I was going to do until I figured out what I wanted to do with the rest of my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah. A little bird told me 
that there's a fun story about an interview you had with NBA legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I was really fortunate. Um, I get a call out of the blue setting up the Huntsville TV station from a station in Kansas City uh, before my 25th birthday. And they asked me if I'd like to interview for a job out there. They're, it was third place station. They were revamping everything, and that happens a lot in broadcasting. When things don't click, they clean the slate and start with a new group of talent. And so I went out for the interview and got the job and uh, weekend, number two guy out there. And um, so, yeah, I spent nearly four years in Kansas City, and it was absolutely wonderful because it fulfilled the dream of covering professional sports. And although I loved, right. I loved Huntsville, we loved living there, it was lacking that one element of professional sports. In Kansas City, we covered the Royals, the Chiefs, and then the Kings before they moved to Sacramento. But, yeah, when the uh, we covered the Kings a lot because other stations were really heavy on the Royals, and we covered the Royals and Chiefs, too, but we thought there was a niche there covering the, the Kings, kind of the third professional sport in town so we did that a lot and uh we'd always try to catch the visiting teams when they came into town right i made it a point of trying to find out which hotel the visiting teams stayed at the lakers only came to town for one game a year so i just called the hotel where i knew the lakers were staying and i just asked for the room of kareem abdul jabbar you're kidding now, i thought sure he would check in under another assumed uh, pseudonym or whatever you know cover name so you just you had the stones to just I, call and ask and the hotel <laughs> they just put me through to his room <laughs> he picked up the phone wow it's 11 o'clock in the morning before they played that night and he no answered kidding. And i said hey this is uh jim bonds with uh, channel 4 wdaf tv sports and was hoping you might have time before you know we get to too busy later in the day to, for me to come by. We can meet in the hotel lobby, just do a quick interview. And uh, he politely, well, no, it's not true. He, he wasn't that polite. And in retrospect, well, wasn't who that would polite. Be? I mean, do you, he said, do you have any idea what time we got to the hotel this morning? I said, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. He said, yeah, I'm still sleeping. So thank you for the offer, but no. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I did run into him after the game that uh, night and apologized again. But, you know, he didn't know that the only way I got out of high school English was my English teacher allowed me, instead of doing a term paper on Shakespeare, was to do a term paper on his, Lou Alcindor's career in his first year with Milwaukee Bucks. He didn't know that. I sure. got an A on it. I was going to tell him that. <laughs> I guess he wasn't. Did you ever get the opportunity to tell him that? I didn't get to that no. point, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we had some great times with all the, the athletes That's um, awesome. in Kansas City. Yeah. Well, t- tell us a little bit about you know how you progressed in your career. I mean, you don't just start interviewing Mickey Mantle right out of the gate. I mean, what was the grind like for you, you know, as as a, a young adult and and you know putting in the work to to get to a place where you have these amazing memories with all these Hall of Famers and, and you know, incredible icons of, of sport. Like, what was the grind like back then? Nick, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it, it touches on one thing we talked about, that we didn't use the word passion. And I know it's a cliche, but I always told our kids, and I, I think every parent tells their kids this, find what you want to do, find your passion. It's not easy, right. but keep looking for it. I never, in my full-time 10 years in broadcasting and certainly the radio years leading up during all my college days 
Um, I'd never felt like I was working. It was so much fun. Uh, during college years at Ole Miss, we were 90, uh, no, 75 miles from my hometown. I'd finish class at one, two o'clock. I'd race home in time to do a Friday night shift, an eight hour shift on Saturday, a four or five hour shift on Sunday morning back to campus. And that's what I wanted to do. I knew right. it was training. In my mind, there may have been a thousand people. There may have been 500 people listening to my DJ work or my high school or community college play-by-play. But in my mind, that's not what I was doing. In my mind, I was training for WLS Chicago. (laughs) I was training for a much bigger job that I was always putting in for the next job. And and then when I got to Huntsville, I was always training, putting in, preparing for the next job. And I think if you go with that mindset – what you're doing, it's the old cliche, don't dress for the job don't you have, have dress yep. for the you know, that type of thing. Um, every time I would sign off at the radio station, that'll I think we signed off at 11 o'clock. Stations used to do that. They used to sign off the air in small markets anyway. And then there'd be a commercial to record you know, for your local sure. department store or grocery store. I'd go back and do that. I would fine-tune it. I'd balance the music. I would just work really hard at it. And sometimes I wonder, you know, why am I working so hard at this? But then sometimes I look back on it, it's, um, it didn't come easy for me. Right. Uh, but uh, I worked at it, and maybe it paid off. I don't know. I, um, <laughs> we, I was lucky to get to Kansas City when I did. Right, right. And then we decided after covering the Royals in their uh, uh, three American League Championship Series and one World Series, and uh, then uh, doing a, just the – being exposed to a lot of great things there, learning uh, what it's like to cover Major League Sports, we decided it was time to come closer to home and took a job in Memphis for a short amount of time and decided real quickly that wasn't where we wanted to stay and raise yeah. a family. Uh, we decided, you know, what's next? And luckily, there was an opportunity to come to Nashville. And we got over here and uh, been here ever since. And, and that, that was one of my questions is, you know, with all the, the – changing around and and different cities and and different job opportunities what was it that made you stay here was it just it was the time when the kids were needed mm-hmm. a place to 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 have roots or was it something specific about Nashville yeah we came here because we felt like Nashville is going to be a better location and this was just our opinion to raise our family as opposed to to the Memphis market, although Memphis was closer to our hometown where my parents and Nancy's parents uh, are from two hours away as opposed to Nashville about three and a half hours away. But once we got here, we loved it. And we were doing Vanderbilt football, Vanderbilt basketball, plus a couple of sports casts a day on on Channel 2. And I know we bought a home out in the close to Arrington community and on three acres, which I mowed every bit of it, we thought, you know, this is where we were meant to be. Right. Never given any thought. I'd never been fired from a job in my life. But, <laughs> but, but those things happened. Sure. I had learned. And uh, when things changed and the station was sold and most of the talent was turned over, all I had been up to that point from Huntsville to Kansas City, Kansas City to Memphis, Memphis to Hunt, Nashville. I had always been on the receiving end. I had always benefited from someone else's right, misfortune, right. I guess you could say. But all of a sudden, I was left out in the cold, and we had to make a decision. There were opportunities to go to Lexington, back to Memphis, uh, maybe another one. But 
it just didn't feel right. We had just uh, put down our roots here. We right. had found a church home that we liked very much. Our oldest was starting to first grade that fall. Valerie. Valerie. Valerie and, for, okay. uh, we have three children, now adults, obviously. And we said, no, no, there's got to be another way that we can stay here. So even though we had a nice tenure run and we did have a passion, I had a passion for what I did, there's got to be another way that we can put down some roots here. And right. never regretted it and uh, made the transition into into sales. Right. Well, a little bit about that. I mean, I'm 39 years old, married. I have three young kids. Tell us a little bit about how you and Miss Nancy navigated through life once Valerie and Matt and Suzanne came along like I'm sure you had to travel how much did did Miss Nancy kind of row the boat while you were traveling and doing all that yeah I mean she's a teacher she she wasn't at that time. She was not at the she time. She was okay. a stay-at-home mom. Because, yes, she was yeah. my wife's teacher. That's right. <laughs> now it's one big circle. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy was a stay-at-home mom until our youngest uh, started the first grade, and she went back uh, to Terveca and got her teaching certificate. Her, her undergrad from Ole Miss was in business ed. And she started teaching um Gosh, in 1992, and she wound up teaching for 23 years in the Williamson County Schools. It was definitely a, a change. It was uh, not without its struggles, but uh, we made her mind up that uh, this is where we wanted to make her home, and um, everything else took uh, kind of a second seat to that. So, uh, pretty much changed your entire way of did. doing everything we to did. stay here. Yeah, we did. It, it became a priority because we believed in Middle Tennessee. We liked the the spirit of the community. Like I said, we liked the the friendships we had, the relationships we had already built here. We saw opportunities through different uh, startup companies and. Um, uh, you know, right after I left Channel 2, there was an opportunity for me to do a Big Ten Game of the Week in 1984, which got me kind of transitioned. Right. I sold advertising Monday through Friday, and then I did a Big Ten Game of the Week sideline pregame on Saturday. And that was an interesting time and a lot of fun for that. And, um, and uh, you know, and then after that, uh, entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial type uh Opportunities came along and uh, experienced that and uh, just grew uh, right. from a sales standpoint. Learned to sell things um, that I never thought I would sell before, but it was all growth. So um, you were just open to new opportunities. I was open to, to anything would allow us to stay here. Right. And I would say that at the core of all of it is communication. And when I finally landed in healthcare, which I spent the last 14 years of my career in, Again, I was starting almost over because sure. you know you start with a new industry. Especially when you talk about the passion you had and the the effort and time you put yeah. into your your first yeah. career. Yeah. I mean that is a start over. But you start with communications. If you can use that communication skill, which hopefully all of us develop at some point, you can almost apply it to uh, almost any industry, in my opinion. Right. I go back when I working in my hometown radio station, coming there as you know, hot shot high school seniors working a rock and roll <laughs> DJ shift. And one of the DJs, the older guy was older. He was in maybe his late thirties at that time. He said, guys, take this Coca-Cola bottle. I want you to describe it for me. No less than 60 seconds. I said, are you kidding? He said, no, you should be able to describe any object in 60 seconds. I said, I can describe it in five. He said, no, that's not the point. You right. should be able to describe it. Uh, completely everything about it in 60 seconds. And his point was 
be descriptive, be able to, and radio, this is radio, sure. no, no pictures. So, so people have to paint a word exactly, picture. Exactly, paint the word picture. I never forgot that because if you can do that, then you can describe your service, your product um, vividly to anyone. And um, even though brevity is important, sometimes sure. you need to be able to do that. And that's it, a skill. I mean, that's, that's something you have, to, you have to practice. And skill. No, no PowerPoint. You shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't have to depend on a PowerPoint if you know your service and your products. So I always kept right. that in the back of my mind. Well, with you, you know, obviously having your first career and then your second career. And, and one question I like to ask every guest on the 615 podcast is if you could go back and give one piece of advice to 20 year old Jim Bonds about, you know, growing and progressing your career, what would that be? I would have gotten my master's right after finishing my bachelor's degree in okay. communications. Uh, that would have been the smart thing to do, but I was so anxious to get out there and and jump into. Because you had such passion for it, you wanted yeah, to jump yeah. out and do I, it. I didn't realize that one of these days I may have wanted to uh, teach, and I think that uh, I, I definitely would have used that today. I would be teaching sure. today if had I uh, got my master's at that time, but. Um, I would but can't you, my, you could you could still do that. I mean, yeah. teach with wisdom. I yeah. mean, you've got you <laughs> yeah, have but, more wisdom and experience yeah, than than yeah. I would have, I would have my any master. teacher out there that has a certificate. Well, you got to have that certificate. <laughs> and uh, so I would have gotten my master's. And I think the other thing is uh, just stick to just stick to one job a little bit longer. Maybe I gave up a little bit soon on one or two. Roles that I should have stuck to. Um, is it because you saw something that seemed better, or seemed is better, it just not yeah. quite going your yeah. way? And, it's not always greener on the other side, no matter right. what the increase in salary may have been. You know, check out the company a little bit better and that type of thing. But so just uh, a little more patience. Before. A little more patience. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But one thing I've always subscribed to is uh, something I've heard several times. People say, you know, uh, get up, get dressed, get out there, and if you do that, half the battles won. And, sure. Uh, I've been fortunate to have worked for some entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs who have uh, taught me a lot uh, about marketing, about sales, and that's almost like a master's degree over the, over the decades. Absolutely. When you work with the right people, you, you uh, glean from them. And right? I think you get more you know, you get more education out of experience and wisdom from mentors and, and people that have been there and done that. Yeah. And that, that's just how I've always learned. I yeah. wasn't the best student and, you know, I, I couldn't just sit down and study something and get it. But mm-hmm. once my hands got dirty, pick up that lesson, yeah. I know it forever. Yeah. But, you know, one thing we haven't really touched on was uh, I did a couple of four-year stints. One was going to Richmond, Virginia for four years to uh, co-anchor a program called the Foreign Missions Update, which is basically a TV program that was sent out then by VHS tapes to all the churches nationwide talking about the missionaries. VHS tapes. VHS, what is that? I know. It's pre-satellite. <laughs> but uh, that was wonderful because uh, it was another opportunity to use those talents I had learned, you know, obviously in, in TV. And uh, part of that was then doing a, uh, a documentary on Indonesia that took us to Indonesia. And, oh, wow. Uh, co-anchored uh, and was the host for that show in Indonesia. And we did a four-year uh, stint also with Southern Football Saturday, uh, uh-huh. a preview of the, the Saturday football games coming up that was aired on Turner Network Sports. Oh, sign me the, up for that one. And the Sunshine Network. We would tape it, I think, on a Thursday night here. And that was a lot of fun, too. And uh, another deal also, for six years, I worked with a company um, that uh, sold memory products to high schools. 
And that took me literally because I had my own little territory that I had here beginning here and going all the way down into North Alabama. But then they brought me in to train or other franchisees. And that took me all over, literally from Nova Scotia to Honolulu, Hawaii. So I was on the road. And what I learned from that and going in, because we would train our people here, our franchisees, and then a couple of months later, I would go to their territory to see how they how they learned. Did they learn what we taught them in the classroom? Um, and so I'd go into their high schools and their markets, and it gave me a chance to compare every high school that I went into with Williamson County schools. Yeah. And every time I'd come home and say, Gosh, I'm so glad we stayed here. How blessed are we? We are very blessed in Williamson County Schools. And, of course, all three of our kids, children, adults. (laughs) What do I call them? They're adults now. They all graduate. We're still kids. I mean, I grew up with Matt. (laughs) At least we act like kids still. Valerie, Matthew, and Suzanne. (laughs) And they are the the shining lights of my my life, along with Nancy. But they all graduated from Brentwood High. And because we decided to uh, to stay here. That they have roots, they have deep roots, and they're all three here. None left. Suzanne had this little thing after she graduated with her doctorate from TSU as a physical therapist. She went to Boston for a while. She went to Dallas for a while, and about a year and a half ago, she, she came back. I'm so home. glad she did because she brought our our granddaughter with her. Yeah. So now she's at Vanderbilt. But anyway, we're getting off the point. My point is, I got to compare schools all across the nation with what we have here. Not only that, but the lifestyle. And if anyone who's listening to this, if they've ever traveled, they've experienced the same thing. Yeah, there are warmer places in the winter. There are cooler places, less humidity in the summer. But you take all of the elements and combine it here. And that's why, well, that's why why it's home. Education is so valuable here. Man, that's great. That's good stuff. And... I'm a firm believer that your education comes from experience and, and I think it's great that you've always been willing to pour back into those that, that are looking for nuggets of wisdom. Um, you've always been there for me. I mean, I've called you multiple times and just said, Hey, can, can I pick your brain about something? And, um, I, I think that that just says a lot about who you are and, and the character you are. And I'm glad to have, men like you in my life. So um, I really want to thank you for, for being on this with us. And I always like to, to close with a prayer. And um, so if y'all join me, Lord, thank you for my friend, Mr. Jim Bonds. I pray blessings and favor over his home, his life, and his family. Um, I thank you for his friendship, his wisdom, his willingness to always share his time with me and others looking for advice. He's a special person, and I'm thankful to have him as a client, as a and as a friend. So, Mr. Jim, I, I thank you so much for, for being on the show. And um, I do have to ask you, um, this is like my second interview ever. So, uh, from someone who has interviewed freaking Hall of Famers, um, how did I do? You did well, buddy. <laughs> you did very well. Yeah, you did your homework. You know me very well. And, and you enjoy what you do. So, And, and uh, just so you know... Um, your your kids love telling stories that might be able to catch you off guard on the podcast. <laughs> oh boy! Well, so. I'll be sure and listen if you ever have one of them on. That'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I may have to get mad on here. Oh, so, boy. well, anyway, well, thanks for listening, guys. That's a wrap. I want to say a big thank you to our listeners for their time and attention, and uh, especially Mr. Jim Bonds for sharing his story with us. So, thanks again, guys. God bless. Thank you. This is the 615 Podcast. 
Subscribe, rate, and review at nickwoodard.com forward slash podcast. 